The Single Tracks Podcast is brought to you by TPC, the pros closet. Spring is the perfect time to upgrade, and TPC has an industry-leading selection of new and certified pre-owned bikes, plus frames, wheels, and accessories. Each certified pre-owned bike is inspected, tested, and serviced, and every bike includes 30-day returns. Visit tpc.bike forward slash singletracks and enter code singletracks40 to save $40 on every order over 200 That's the pros closet at tpc.bike slash singletracks and look for the link and coupon code in the show notes. Hey everybody, welcome to the Singletracks podcast. My name is Jeff and today my guest is Seth Gable. Seth is a mountain biker and trail builder living in Missouri. His popular YouTube channel, Backyard Trail Builds, shows how he builds beautiful trail features like ramps, skinnies, and bridges using a lot of natural materials. Thanks for joining us, Seth. Of course. Thank you. Well, tell us how you got into mountain biking and then how how did you move into trail building? Uh, so I got into mountain biking, luckily, by a cousin who was very into it. Um, hmm. I think I was like a sophomore in high school. And I had my little, um, what was it, a, like a Trek Walmart mountain bike with, you know, it was a full suspension, but it was like okay. the ones that like jingle around and have a lot of parts <laughs> that are like kind of barely holding on. Um, yep. And he took me to the hardest trail in the area, what might be considered like a, you know, a double black kind of enduro downhill line. Mm-hmm. And it was the hardest most fun thing that I'd ever done. Like he took me there and it was like, what the, like, what is this? I'm so tired and it's so hard, but then you get to do the downhill stuff and it's like, right. You're just totally out of your element. It's like a weird mm-hmm. feeling. It was, it was, I'd never experienced anything like that. Cause I was, I was like a big video game nerd. I didn't do anything uh, else. I don't like conventional sports. So he took me out <laughs> and did that. And it was like, Oh my God, I, I want more of that for sure. Nice. <laughs> but for the trail building aspect, all we have here is XC. So like that trail is the hardest trail in the area. That was, it never got any harder than that, um, mm. that he took me on. So everything was either a little more flowy, but it's just cross country. It's just long. Yeah. It's more miles than it is like, um, intricate things to better your skills at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after a trip to Colorado and seeing what more there is out there to ride, it was yeah. like, I, I need more of that because when I come, when I go visit places, I couldn't ride anything. I'd just be stuck, right. you know, looking at it going like, man, that'd be, that'd be cool to ride a jump <laughs> or to get, you know, right. two inches of air. <laughs> like I'd never experienced <laughs> anything. There's, there was like one drop in the area and that's all that you had. And even that was like too intimidating because I'd never done anything like it before. So right. I, in my backyard, because you can't just go build things out on public land. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can, but it generally will get taken down and you'll get yelled at or you'll get sued or whatever. Right. Um, I just started building stuff. I just uh, obsessively started just building, <laughs> you know, started with like a four inch drop, which was essentially just a, a board stuck in the middle of a piece of dirt. <laughs> right. And then just kept working my way up. Um, and, you know, at a certain point that led to like me getting on YouTube, looking for like, okay, how do I build a, a jump? How do I do, build a drop? Mm. And that's when I took note of like, oh, there's not videos for this. There, there's yeah. nothing online to um, 
to coach me along here. <laughs> so yeah. that led to me just documenting the process of, okay, I'll just start putting these on here and, you know, they can learn from me learning, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, how did you, like, you're, you're totally self-taught, like you had never built stuff before or were, did you have like some experience, I don't know, like cutting wood and nailing stuff together? Yeah. So, um, my, all of my uncles, <laughs> an odd sentence all of my uncles um <laughs> they're all in like the trades so my dad's in construction my other uncle i worked with him for several months um he's a mason i've done a lot of and like this house that i'm in now it was bare bones there was it was just like the studs on the walls and we completely rebuilt this house that i'm in so that oh, was wow. like four years of um a young adult rebuilding a house. So I've got yeah. all of this general knowledge of, you know, how things need to be structured and held to, you know, hold up to not just falling over. Um, and <laughs> right. from there, I just took that to, you know, if I build these features, like you build a house, like surely <laughs> that's going to be good enough, which I think yeah. even a lot of people weren't even doing that. They just, you know, <laughs> throw stuff out there and, you know, let it collapse over a year. But yeah. yeah, it just comes from a background of kind of working with my dad or my uncles or stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm really shocked that you, before mountain biking, you were like really into video games, like watching your videos. It just seems like you're always outside and you're always like building and like in a lot of ways too, it's, it's almost like primitive building. Like you use a lot of natural materials and stuff. Like, do you still play video games? Is that like, still an interest for you i have it, the interest is there like i want to play <laughs> video games but it's such a i get so down on myself it's like it feels like the most the, the largest waste of time you could do to yourself <laughs> like i could be doing yeah. things for my youtube it's just my whole life is centered around like what could i do more to either make me better or make my channel better and mm. like being out in nature is one of those things that Luckily, like at the same, it's all kind of happened that sophomore year of high school. Like I got very into um, nature. I I watched. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Into the Wild. Chris McKinless. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That like struck a chord for me, and it was like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I've been, <laughs> you know, I need to just burn my social security card and <laughs> run into the <laughs> woods. Um, yeah. I took it. Uh, not I didn't, never took it that far, but it felt like that to me. So yeah, when I had that happen and then got into mountain biking is like, okay, mountain biking is going to be that nature outlet for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it really shows in the videos too, like your passion and everything. And yeah, I think that's a big part of what people connect to in those videos. So I've seen that you're building or you were building at Howler bike park this year. What were you working on over there? Oh, definitely the largest, uh, most, it's uh, just some <laughs> extremely huge features there. All wood, mm. all hand done, mostly did a lot of the work myself. Um, it was just this, it's like a double black, I guess you'd call it like a, like a slope style line, sort of. Okay. It's got like the yeah. features from, you know, you think of maybe, um, uh, what's, what's the big park up in like Michigan? Um, it's got like huge wooden drops and everything. Uh, uh, Highland, Highland Bike yeah. Park, like that okay. sort of stuff, mm -hmm. but just massive, just stuff like I'd never done before, like four times the size. Some of it was, you know, over 20 feet tall. Wow. 
just this it was I was fortunate enough to be invited down there by a trail building company that I'd worked with before at mm-hmm. um, Ironton here in Missouri. We built like a big corkscrew and that video did really well as yeah. as well. Um, but he kind of invited me back and then we just started kind of just doing whatever we wanted. It was essentially <laughs> if you if you can dream it, then just do it. Like that yeah. was the kind of the circumstance that these people at Holler allowed us to do is just this guy and his son starting a private bike park and they were just like super stoked just wanted yeah. wanted the best like let's wow. d- let's just whatever you can think of just do it if it's bigger do it bigger like <laughs> so <laughs> like okay we're going to I'm going to take it and just run with it for now but man that stuff it's exhausting work <laughs> but yeah. yeah wow so like they didn't come to you and say we want this like 20 foot feature it was more I mean, was this something that you had wanted to build or is this, is that the type of stuff that you like to ride? Um, that stuff is definitely out of, I still haven't ridden it, honestly. Oh, um, yeah. I've, I rode the first feature that I made, which was like, you know, 12 or 15 foot drop. Um, mm-hmm. and that was more out than it was down, which is the scary part for me <laughs> is the down. Yeah. Um, yeah. but everything after that, like it started getting too big for me. Um, so mm. I guess technically, no, that's not the stuff that I like. That's the <laughs> stuff that I would like to ride. Most of the stuff on that trail was kind of just huge drops at a certain yeah. point. And that's kind of a weakness of mine because if I've got a weakness, it's my confidence in what I'm doing. So it's just, uh, yeah, but it is, it's extremely fun to build because I mean, it's like limitless. You can just do whatever you want, and then it's as big as you want. But I will say, having that itch scratched now in my head, it's like I want to I want to build more intricate things, but you know, half the size. <laughs> the, mm, the size yeah. takes a toll on on my body. It's a lot right. of big lifting logs, and yeah, it's it's rough work, but yeah. it's also rewarding, you know. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it looks super cool and it's definitely one of those things that's like, you know, well, one is going to get the bike park noticed, right? Like people see that feature and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to go there. Um, even though most of us will never ride that. Right. And we just like <laughs> look at it in awe, like, wow, somebody rode that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's the cool part for me is that like people who don't even there's some people that just came to the park and they'd walk up there just to look at it. Like they don't even ride a <laughs> yeah. bike and it's like, yeah. that's the draw that I want. I think that's the coolest thing you can do is to attract non mountain bikers just to go like, Holy, like you put a lot of work into this thing. It's like, that's, yeah. that's so cool to hear. It's just people <laughs> like, I can't ride that, but it looks cool as shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I never even thought about that. That like, there's a thrill in like just seeing that stuff in person. Like, you know, standing there and like looking up and you're like, Oh my gosh. I mean, I think of like going to Crankworks, right. And you see like right. the joyride course and yeah, I mean, it's like, that's half of the stuff you're talking about with your buddies is like, Oh my gosh, did you see that thing? Like, yeah, you know, like people what? ride that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And especially, you know, if you don't even ride a mountain bike, you're like, how you ride that? Yeah. Like, what is that thing? I don't even like right. I made this huge shark fin. They're like, what? I don't even understand. Even the people <laughs> who could mountain bike when I was building it, they're like, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing this thing. Like, I don't understand how, what you're building here. And they rode yeah. a mountain bike. So it was, it's just, some of it's just like, uh, it's just weird looking. 
So in your videos, I notice, you know, some of them are from projects that you're working on, like the one at Howler Bike Park, and then other ones are where you're building, I mean, literally, I guess, in your backyard. I mean, you've got a much bigger backyard than most of us could ever dream of, but how much of your time do you spend building on your own land versus doing these like paid projects for, for other folks? Yeah, uh, well, let me preface by saying, so nobody gets jealous, it is not my backyard, <laughs> and a lot of people don't know that, but, um, oh, okay. like, this house that I'm in, I told you that I, we, me and my dad rebuilt it, well, that's because it's mm-hmm. his house, we rebuilt this house together <laughs> with the intent in mind that I was going to live here, and he actually lives, like, through the woods, all of that property you're seeing, okay. that's, that's his property, <laughs> it ain't, it's not mine, I'm not, like, some, like, well-off person that invented something and got a m- bunch of money when I was young. <laughs> like, not my property. But um, what the heck was the question again? Uh, so how much of your time do you get to spend building on your own property, not your property? Right. And, uh, yeah, doing these paid <laughs> yes. projects. Okay, so that time used to be almost exclusively spent on my property, and I preferred it that okay. way. I started getting, you know, as traction started to take off on the channel, I was getting more offers to come out and do things at other people's property or, you know, not a lot of public build, but definitely a lot of people just reaching out like, hey, will you come build in my backyard? Um, but it's like, I mean, it's like when COVID hit, people realize like, oh, it's pretty nice to work from home. Uh, I think I'd <laughs> right. rather do that. <laughs> so yeah. like me getting these offers, it's like, yeah, that'd be cool to come build for you. But I literally just, I walk outside and <laughs> just start building. Right. Like my, yeah. You got my, all your tools and like, yeah, it, exactly. And there's a lot of tools involved with the build. So mm-hmm. um, I preferred it that way. I would just do the backyard stuff. But as the channel grew and as my skill grew with building and riding, I definitely started to get a want to do things more publicly. Like it felt like I was hoarding this thing that I was really enjoying and only I was getting something out of it. And it was like, I need to start doing this somewhere else. Like I'm buying all of this wood, putting so much time into this, like, and this stuff's just going to sit here. Like it's, I mean, I haven't even gone out to my trail in probably a year that I made like the, yeah, it's just, I could, it's only for me. <laughs> like yeah. It's not really yeah. enjoyable. Cause you don't, you don't let, I mean, for obvious reasons, I mean, obvious to me, like people can't just like come over and ride your trails. Like they're, that's private land. I'm sure you get people all the time though that are like, Seth, Seth, can I come over? I want to ride that so bad. Yeah, of course. And it's like, I'd love you to ride it, but (laughs) there's so many horror stories on the internet of, you know, my best friend sued me because he broke his ankle riding, you know, my dirt bike track in my backyard and it's like i ain't even getting near that i don't want to ruin any friendships over that and a lot of the times it's not even like your your best friend suing you it's your best friend went to the hospital and tried to get insurance money to pay for this and they're looking for somebody to sue so they don't have Mm. to pay it's the insurance company that wants your money not not your best friend so yeah yeah i just steer clear sorry Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, they're just, which, you know, I don't know. That's, that's, that's muddy water that I don't even want to get into at any point. So I pretty much, you know, I've let probably maybe up to five people come out and ride the stuff, but they're like people that I just have known for a long time and I know they're capable riders. They're not going to be like testing their skills out on what I'm riding. They're just kind (laughs) of coming out and riding it and just pre, like, 
seeing what it is. Do people ever try to like sneak sneak in or like figure out where you're at or anything? No, we're so far out in the country that nobody even knows about it. And even if we're so far out here that it's the same thing where like they'd see it and they probably wouldn't even know what the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm curious, is there like a science to building trail features that are fun to ride? Or at this point for you, is it still sort of guess and check? With the wood, I would say that there definitely is some bit of science to it. Not math. There is math to it. And well, I guess, you know, physics and whatnot is, you know, bordering on science and whatnot. (laughs) But, uh, there is. You have to be able to calculate some stuff, get like your general measurements of things um, with wood because, you know, once you build it, there's really not a lot of turning back. Um, right. That's, yeah, it's not like dirt where you can just kind of like reshape it yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. And that's where I kind of can bear woodwork for trail building is more like baking and then dirt work is like cooking. Like you can throw in spices and you can add things and we got it. It's kind of more fluid and loose and it's a little more artsy and fun. But the woodworking, you kind of got to know all the right measurements, all the things. It's a little more work oriented, but the end product is, you know, nice and you can present it well. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was watching one of your videos. I think it was you're building like a whale tail feature. And you were talking about like the the curvature of it and like how it's a ratio between like the peaks and the valleys, I think, right? Like yeah. how did you figure that out? Like like you said, there weren't a lot of videos or information about building stuff like that. So was that something you like figured out through trial and error or or did you find that from another source? I wish I could tell you the guy's name, but there's a guy who wrote like this big pamphlet on how to build pump tracks. And he uses a lot of that talk in throughout this, like, you know, 50 pages of how to build pump tracks of like the ratio on things and <laughs> how they should kind of align. Uh, but yeah. I, a lot of that's taken from him. Like there wasn't a lot of videos when I started, but there's, there was enough articles that you can get a gist on things and how you mm-hmm. should kind of approach them with like a, with a good outline like that. And they're still yeah. on there and they're still probably the best things that you can look at. Like, if <laughs> I, I suggest reading through that kind of stuff, that especially that man, I wish I could cite it for you, but like just knowing how to build a pump track helps in all lines of trail building for sure. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Like, you know, I've been on some flow trails that you know I'm thinking, wow, this is like this is like a pump track through the woods, and yeah, I mean that really is kind of where it comes from is that idea of flow and like, you know, a pump track, you have to design it so that you don't necessarily have to even pedal. Like you can just kind of use your body to, to get through it. And I think, yeah, I never thought about how that translates into actual trail building. Right. And I think that's like the best trail. If you can have all these features and things um, intertwined throughout this long flowy thing and not have to pedal once, like a little bit of braking's okay, but you do the same thing in a pump track. Like it's more about like, how fast can I go? How fast can I? It's not like you worrying about getting up speed. I think that's the coolest if you can just do a big, long trail and just not have to worry about pedaling at all. Yeah, yeah. And with like a, you know, traditionally, 
mountain bikers would we we could get that with downhill right like and that's kind of cheating that's gravity is doing that work so yeah it's all the more impressive when a trail builder can can kind of make that happen you know with very minimal elevation well yeah exactly and that's that's the point i was literally just thinking is i'm i'm in missouri we don't have a lot of (laughs) there's not downhill here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there, yeah. there yeah. is to some extent, but it is, it's gradual slope, probably anybody else coming in and riding. <laughs> it's not a lot. So you got to make use of that. And, you know, you see that in Bentonville too. Like those guys are trying to fit in as much as they can into this like slightly, uh, <laughs> degreed slope. So if you can get that to where there's still tons of features and you still don't have to pedal, like it's, it's rough work. It's hard. You have to, modify a lot and like test each section constantly to make sure it's rolling right and then even then like things get faster and slower over time from you know uh erosion and just things hardening and it's tough but if you can nail it it's it's the best it's the absolute best (laughs) for sure well so we kind of touched on this earlier but i'm curious to know like have you had to progress your bike skills to keep up with your builds like what, which comes first? Do you, do you do your skills first and then kind of build to what you can ride? Or do you, do you sort of try to build things that are going to help you progress your skills? Um, that was the original intent was I build it to progress my skills. And that was most of the like backyard stuff. Like all that was, you know, that was for me. That wasn't for (laughs) people to to see. That was, I, I needed it. But now it's like the building has, jumped up so much in the level that it's i'm having to you know spend a couple weeks riding and progressing my own skills separately other than just like jumping on the feature and going for it um now like like i said i I still haven't ridden the stuff that i've built at howler like it's intimidating to me it's it's nothing even skill related there though like it's it's just huge drops (laughs) it's just like getting (laughs) just get you know there's something to like just getting your flow back or your just that cadence of riding. Like sometimes mm-hmm. if you don't ride for a month, you get very uh, stiff. Yes. So I'm trying, I'm in the moment right now where I'm trying to ride every day and just get back like feeling good. Because I think a lot of mountain biking, I'd almost say it's like 75% of mountain biking is your mental state. Mm. Like a lot of it, like you can get your skill, but like if you're not confident that day and if you think that you can't ride something, you probably won't. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like right. you just gotta be like, all right, I'm doing it. It's fine. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, and then you do it and you're like, oh yeah, that was absolutely nothing at all. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, um, a lot of hard stuff now. So mostly it's just no, can't ride it, but I'll build it. <laughs> but right. I'm trying to dial that back and hopefully here soon coming up, I'm going to start getting more into like gradual builds that are slightly above my skill level that I can actually ride and progress with. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's interesting about biking, a lot of times, you you know, you'll be riding, you'll see a feature and you'll say, oh man, I don't, I can't ride that or I don't want to ride that or, or whatever. But then you see somebody else do it, you know, and then you're like, oh, okay, like I, I could do that now. So do you have somebody who is like that for you? Like who works with you or like comes along and, and like, I don't know, I want to say test rides some of the stuff for you <laughs> to be like, okay, yeah, that like that, that works and I could do it now too. Absolutely. That, uh, luckily that came 
from like this Dave Coolio is his name. Um, he was the best person to find. Um, he's just this old, he's not old, um, military <laughs> guy, like super straightforward, very, very into the mountain biking community. He'll just do anything. He doesn't care. He's kind of, he's not like a super styly rider, but he's, you know, he'll just go do something. Doesn't matter to him. And he's, he's not like a super fit guy. He's not super styly. So it's like, okay, he's doing it. Like I can, I just need to just do it. Like he just kind of has that about him where he makes things look easy without making them look hard. You know, uh, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's he's my my go-to guy for testing things ahead of time. But he always gives me shit if I don't do it first. So sometimes I'll bring him over and then I end up doing it first anyway. So one of the things I really love about your builds and your YouTube channel is that you use a lot of natural wood as opposed to cut lumber. And it seems like, I mean, it's pretty obvious that that's time-consuming. So why do you make the effort? What made you want to build with natural materials as much as you do yeah okay so i i don't know this i don't know where any of the information that i get is from i can't ever cite it and i i apologize to anybody <laughs> and future uh, dilemmas like that but there was this really cool quote about how art is really like when you look at something that's art the only amount of creativity that went into that thing was, you know, 1% and the other 99% is just work. Mm. Um, so when I use that like kind of primitive style building, it's, you know, halfly just because I know the more work I put into this thing that I'm making, you know, the more artsy it might look or the more unique it's going to be. Cause there's not a lot of people that want to put in that amount of time into right. a, a, a bike feature like a lot, most people build with the intent, like this is going to be ridden by bikes and they're going to ride off it within one second. Like they're not going to look <laughs> at this thing. They're not going to care, but right. that's kind of where my style comes in is like, that's all I care about is the feature. Like I really don't, <laughs> it's, I make sure that it rides well, like, don't get me wrong, but I'm more concerned about like, I want this thing to look cool to me. I want the wood joinery to impress me. I want mm -hmm. to test my limits on how I'm building things. I just think it's it's worthwhile to like don't avoid the hard work. I guess is what I would say. I think it yeah. it really it shows. People see it, like, and I've had many people come out and they're like, "Oh, like this was a lot of work. <laughs> like, holy shit! Like this is." And that's that's my favorite compliment. It's like people seeing how much work goes into it, and you can tell. Definitely was was that initially was that ever about like cost? savings because yeah i mean when you're starting out you know you're building these features for yourself and you're having to buy lumber i guess and so yeah i mean is that is that a cost savings as well for you yes it did start that way and um like i was i there was this local sawmill that had what they called cutoffs for like deck boards and they're like these real thin like they had a lot of like the soft wood on the outside so they weren't like very structurally sound i would say <laughs> um, but they would sell it by the bundle for like 150 bucks so i would just go buy these huge bundles of deck boards and you know i knew that it wasn't going to last long and right. let me just say <laughs> i didn't use any of that wood on public builds <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's all backyard stuff um but yeah it was a cost thing like i couldn't it's a lot of wood that goes into them. And I've, you know, 
at the time I was luckily I had a job, but almost all my money was going into these builds. Like I, I was obsessed wow. with it. Um, yeah. but, and then that, you know, you start it like that, like as a cost kind of thing. And then it kind of transferred into like, wow, like this wood's really pretty. Like I, and then all of a sudden like, Oh, let me go cut a couple of these down and like do them fresh and see what they mm. look like. And it's like, Ooh, yeah. that was actually a fun process. It was kind of meditative. It was felt good. It's, it's like a, it's almost like an exercise too. So you're getting, you're getting a lot of benefits out of it and it just looks good. People like it. So it's, yeah, it morphed over time. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, too, for people who haven't seen your videos yet, like, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of the ones where you're like stripping the bark off of a log, like, you know, hand stripping it. I mean, that must, that must just take forever, but, do you enjoy that? Like, is that kind of like a, a meditative thing for you almost? Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, well, <laughs> Howler at Howler Bike Park, it started to get a little irritating, <laughs> but that was like, <laughs> I probably spent alone like a full month plus on just stripping. Oh my gosh. Cedar logs. Uh, so it did wow. get a little tedious toward the end, but normally <laughs> I do love it. Um, it's, like you get a little bit of a lat workout, you get <laughs> some <Yeah>. time <laughs> either to sit there and just kind of think through your thoughts. So it's a little bit meditative or, you know, I'll turn on a podcast like this or something or, or, you know, Joe Rogan, which they're like yeah. three hours long. So you can just sit there and <laughs> go through a million logs and it's yeah. not even anything like it's just fun. And then if you want to take off your headphones, like it's a pleasant sound hearing like yeah. logs get, and it's just, it's like watching those freaking ASMR videos where you just, watching right. the strips come off and it's it's just it's enjoyable it's very enjoyable yeah, that's true yeah even to watch it like yeah i don't have to get the the workout i can just watch you do it and it's super calming yeah. but it's not it's not for everybody because and i i thought it was i thought like oh ever if anybody got the chance to do this they would love it just like i do but at howler like several people came out to help me and they'd peel like a half a log and they'd be like oh boy like <laughs> can i be done now it's like oh i'm just yeah. a weirdo okay i get it yeah is are, are there any like is this environmentally like is this a good thing to do like i imagine you're cutting down some live trees you're harvesting trees and then compared to like lumber though i mean that is wood that's been harvested is that like something you think about at all or that do people ask you about that like like where'd you get these trees why are you cutting down trees yeah so i do think about it often and it's rough because you know like like you buy lumber and that's all from like this, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it comes from like a plantation where they replant trees and it's all, you can tell like, tr like yeah. lumber now is just really soft and it's like large grained, like all the trees are made yeah, to grow It's like fast quickly. growing stuff. Yep, yeah, exactly. So it is a bit of a kind of a, it doesn't feel great cutting down like this tree that's probably older than I am mm -hmm. as opposed to just going and buying lumber. But that lumber, like you got to buy pressure treated wood. So that's mm -hmm. full of chemicals that make it last right. forever. And the whole idea in my head is like, man, it'd be cool if these features could just eventually rot over time and just drop into the ground and nobody would even know it was there. Like that was, that's my goal of all goals is if I can build things that there's no trace left after they fall down. Yeah. Um, and that's what I started doing. 
a primal trail specifically where it was like I didn't even use screws or nails to build oh, the wow. things. I was just like I'd use dowel rods and I'd like shove them through the the deck boards and I made it all through wood joinery. So it's environmental stuff is heavy on my mind for sure, but also that same guy Dave who comes and test rides all my stuff. He is huge in the trail building community. He's kind of like the what's the word liaison, like the person who kind of gets things started like in community. He'll go to all these city councils and like get them on board with building a mountain bike park or something. And then he'll collect the data from it. And he got this really cool figure that it's only, I think it's like one to 2% of the, say you got 200 acres. Let's say you got 100 acres to build a bike park. You only use in total, about one acre of that 100 acres to build the the trail on. So if you are cutting down wow. all these trees, you just created, you turned a 100-acre bike park, you know, or, or just this land that ha- kind of had no value. Like nobody really saw anything of it. You could log it. You could chop it all down and put a subdivision there. But we turned it into something that's not only, you know, it's profitable, it's good for the community, but you only use 1% of the freaking trees there. Like yeah. <laughs> that, all those yeah. other trees, they get to stay. And there's incentive like to not cut them down leave them there keep the canopy like there's right you know you take this small amount it's like the classic you know the ai conundrum of like do you tell the the car the self-driving car you know do you kill the one person and save 20 or do you <laughs> just plow them all down because you know the one person right, <laughs> like, right. which is maybe not the best uh, <laughs> uh metaphor but yeah no yeah i get what you're saying right that's interesting. And I, I mean, I think about too, like, I mean, you're, you're harvesting a tree from the very land where you're building. A lot of trees, yeah, are being cut down anyway to build a trail, to build the corridor. And then, yeah, I just think about like lumber. They have to harvest the tree, put it on a truck, drive it to a sawmill, and then take it from the sawmill to the Home Depot or wherever it is. I mean, there's a stop too for doing the pressure treating. Like there's a lot of, environmental cost to that for sure and yeah it just seems like yeah you're cutting out a lot of middlemen by just working with natural wood oh yeah and the amount like that's a great point of like the amount of work that it takes me to do this you know if you factor in all of the energy necessary and the amount of people it takes to get that one tree harvested (laughs) driven you know uh pressure treated stuck on the the in the aisle at Lowe's and then you got to come pick it up in your car and yeah. then unload like it's <laughs> the amount of work I do is nothing in comparison to that yeah for sure well so you mentioned like working with wood and and you have built some features out of cut lumber are there things that you can do to ensure that like wooden features remain safe and durable for many seasons i feel like yeah Years ago, like Emba and some of these, these trail building sort of experts were, they were kind of down on wood. They're, you know, because wood requires maintenance and, you know, you gotta, you gotta inspect it. You gotta make sure that it's, it's standing up to the elements. Like, is that a concern? And, and can you do anything to kind of mitigate that? Yes. I would say that you can. And then, but also, uh, just to address, like, are we, are we also saying that dirt? 
doesn't require maintenance and constant yeah, looking I mean, after. Like <laughs> right. dirt requires a whole lot more maintenance than wood does. Like you got to con- every year you got to, you know, if you want your park to remain in good standing, you have to constantly go out and resurface and mm-hmm. touch up trails constantly. Like right. with the wood, you go out, look at it, make sure it's all good. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not yeah. a lot of uh, time spent inspecting them, but I will say, yeah, they do. It's wood. It's going to rot. It's going to fall mm-hmm. over eventually. Um, and, you know, that is the downside of working with natural wood is that it probably doesn't last as long as pressure treated. That's just the right. way that it is. Um, chemicals work better. Like you can, <laughs> you know, it's just, it sucks, but that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, just like crops, like you can spray pesticides on them. You're probably going to get a better crop out come than just leaving them go but if you want to be an ethical human being <laughs> like it's nice <laughs> which to, we all do hopefully yes yeah. hopefully so you just use the wood there but what you can do to make sure that they don't just fall over within a year is select the right species of wood or tree um, okay. which clearly i almost exclusively use cedar just and that's that's because it's beautiful it's lightweight it mm-hmm. is rot resistant of around 15 to 20 years that's like it's kind of oh, lifespan wow. yeah and but there's loads of trees that are like that like white oak is the same way but it's extremely heavy and it's hard to work with mm-hmm. but if you just go with like look there's tons of um things online that you can look up that tell you what species of trees you have in your area and which ones are more rot resistant or mm-hmm. more prone to you know, fall over in in a year. Like if you get, you can take red oak and that won't last you, but a year, like maybe even less. Um, And then you get white oak and that lasts you 20 years. So it's, (laughs) you can really change it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's huge. And then of course, like you do that. And then if you want to, you do, you kind of build your features in a way that water sheds off of them and doesn't get held in areas that helps as well. Like in, especially in those crucial spots where, you know, that are really holding your structure together, make sure that dirt and things like that aren't going to get caught up in there and just sit there and soak over time. Like that will definitely rot your rust and rot your screws or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I'd, th- I'd say it's mostly just that wood choice. It's okay. either, you know, hurt the earth and get your pressure treated junk <laughs> or, you know, spend a little time, <laughs> figure out what wood works best and get that from your area. Because like, I can get cedar pretty cheap here because it's mm-hmm. a local wood. Um, but if I wanted, you know, let's just say teak wood or some ebony <laughs> strain of wood, like that's going to cost me so much more because it's, it's from Africa or whatever. Like get a local wood for do a little research for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, most people that are building features, you know, in their backyard or professionally building like a trail project, you know, most of them are not going to cut down trees and kind of do what you do. And so, yeah, I mean, you go to the store and everything is going to be pine, right? It's going to be pressure treated pine. You can buy cedar wood uh, and lumber, but it's like what, two to four times as expensive. Oh God. Yep. And then it's thinner as well. Like you buy a two by four and it's an inch and a half. And then the, the cedar wood's like, you know, a half an inch because <laughs> it's more oh, for wow. the look of it and it's not yeah. really for the structure of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. And I am so fortunate to have just droves of cedar in my local area. Like it's never been an issue for me to find 
more cedar. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. And it smells good too. So that, oh my God. that makes it it's fun. so good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of mountain bikers, I feel like the skinny, the wooden skinny is not like the big thing anymore. Like it used to be, you know, you would see these videos of people riding like the North shore and stuff, riding skinnies. Do you enjoy riding skinnies? Is that, is that something that you're into? Oh yeah. Big time. I mean, well, not as much anymore, but that was honestly my kind of my, the thing that got me into trail building a little bit was watching. I don't know if you know, Digger, the North shore guy, mm-hmm. he's like the original, one of the original dudes who was building all that gnarly stuff at, in the North shore. And, like that stuff was so cool to me. Like just these weird wiggly winding things that go through the woods that you like, you could barely yeah. keep your tires on. It just <laughs> looks cool. It's, it's weird. That's, that's, you know, back onto that thing of like people go and look at the thing and they're like, what the hell is this? Like, what do you, <laughs> right. you, you put, you put a bike on this? Like, I don't even understand what you're doing. So that, that's the aspect of skinnies that I like is like the weirdness of it and the kind of, it's like a, they're kind of like a playground or something. It's like yeah. this, like a boot camp sort of feature. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that I was feel the original. Like they're very utilitarian, right? I mean, like the people that, that built them in the North Shore, they continue to build them. You know, they're the terrain there. There's like logs and rocks and all kinds of things that make it really tough to just like cut a trail through. And so I imagine they were trying to figure out a way to get up and over some pretty like gnarly terrain. And building like a proper bridge, you know, like a three foot or four foot bridge, like just takes a lot more work and materials and everything. So is that, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you know where skinnies even came from? Is that kind of the idea? I imagine you're spot on. It probably started that way. And then some weirdo was like, Ooh, I kind of like how skinny this is. I like, (laughs) there's a little bit of danger that just got added to this trail that I didn't even intend to put in. And then yeah. it probably, yeah, I imagine you're directly on with that because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the same thing. Yeah. It kind of happened like that for me a little bit too, but it's just fun. And you can, the cool thing about those is like, you can make them really intricate and hard mm-hmm. and almost have zero possibility of you actually getting hurt. Like you can keep them six inches off the ground right. where you're not actually going to get hurt, but you can, you know, like one of the things I did was I put a teeter totter in the middle of like a skinny that was already probably four inches wide. Mm. So you're going down this long, weird winding skinny. And then there's a teeter totter in the middle of it. That's just as skinny. It's just a two by four mm-hmm. that you got to get up and over. And then you're still back on this. Like you can do really intricate, weird things like that with them and not have to worry about, you know, breaking your face. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm taking, feel like I'm taking less risk on the trail and stuff, but I still want to do things like skinnies that, you know, they require a lot of skill and concentration but at the same time, it's not like high speed, right? So even if you are like a few feet off the ground and you fall, that's not nearly as bad as like, you know, blasting down a mountain and like crashing into a rock. Yeah. Yeah. You can take them. Actually, it's, you know, you're going to be preferred to go slower on a skinny just to like get through it. Yeah. Right. I don't know why they've kind of lost steam. I don't know why nobody really likes doing them any, and maybe they'll come back, but like that's my plan. Like here in the, I think there's some of these parks. I'm trying to convince them. Like, hey, can I just go and start building a bunch of weird skinnies through your woods? Yeah. Like, I think people would love to start. Just it's just fun to play around on. <laughs> like, For sure. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And I, 
Yeah, you're seeing more of those bike skills parks too. I mean, it's like everybody is is building a skills park lately, and kids love just sessioning that type of stuff. And yeah, so maybe maybe there'll be like a new generation of of mountain bikers who love riding skinnies, and they want more elaborate and challenging ones to go with their their new skills. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like I was saying. Like it's it's a playground. It's literally a playground for adults and children. You know, but. You can go out there with your buddy and watch him flop over a million times trying to get across this stupid little skinny that <laughs> seems like nothing. But And then, yeah, there's just so many varieties of skinnies, like the ones where they, you know, your back wheel rides on something and your front wheel rides on something oh, else. Yeah. Or like, Ooh, those are like, tricky. Those are so tricky, but also they're they're so satisfying to if you can like flowy – like mm-hmm. flowily go through them and like wind. And then I just started making this one type. Well, I didn't just start. I made one of them and I want to make more of them, but I made it to where, you know, you're going down a skinny and then it just ends. And there's a skinny kind of parallel next to it that you got to go, you got to hop oh, over wow. to it. <laughs> like something that's like, you can just keep adding these weird little skills into them and just yeah. make it more and more fun. Oh man, that's like the Danny McCaskill video, right? Like the ones, I mean, he's done in a few videos where he's like on a railroad track and he like yeah, yeah, hops exactly. over to the other one. Oh my gosh. Yep. You think yeah, anybody stuff- else other than Danny can do that? Have you, have you been able to do that? Oh yeah. Cause you, you just widen them out a little bit. You make them less, you know, railroad yeah, like railroad. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's what I did. <laughs> I made, you know, it was probably six inches wide on the one side and then I barely put it across. This is the first one that I made. So it was probably four inches over to the pair parallel track so you could probably almost like ride it if you wanted to just kind of hop through Mm -hmm. but if you're cool like me (laughs) you'll (laughs) i tried to like endo into it so i'd go back tire first and then i'd plop the front tire on to the other track and then you kind of continue on but yeah you could just like just like drops like in a skills park you start with smaller drops and like slowly work it up like you can have the railroad skinny where you jump from one to the other but you can also have the ones that are right next to each other yeah oh man i want to try that now that sounds uh awesome yep let's (laughs) let's make it let's make it a thing again because i'm into the skinnies too (laughs) yeah cool so you i mean you touched on this uh you started out to build this youtube channel right like you're someone who is on YouTube and you were looking for a certain type of content and didn't find it. And so you said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to launch a a YouTube channel. Is that, is that still the focus? I mean, it sounds like your YouTube channel has actually like gotten you noticed to where you can like build a, a trail building business out of this. If you want to, you could, I don't know, build furniture out of logs or something like you've got, you've got all this exposure now is, is YouTube, is that still like the goal? Is that the primary thing that you want to do? That is something I ask myself every day. I have (laughs) constant conundrums in my head where I'm like, I'll do that. I'll go, you know, I'm going to go make a bunch of weird furniture things and maybe I can just advertise it on my channel and try to just sell those. (laughs) Like I have a feeling over time, that's probably what it's going to transfer into is me mm-hmm. just kind of making stuff and selling it or whatever, opening a yeah. stupid Etsy shop or whatever the <laughs> hell it is. But yeah, for now, I think I'm going to keep with the YouTube, you know, keep trying to, I still think there's not a lot of information on how to build things. Like there's not yeah. like kind of step-by-step tutorials. So eventually I want to get into that, like really get into how to build stuff, how to kind of go through the thought process on it but i still i still feel inadequate to make those videos so i want to keep 
gathering knowledge. I still don't have a lot of um, knowledge on like how to build or lay out full trails. I'm always mm. doing these kind of step by step right. intricate. You know, I do the features very intricately or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know the the ins and outs of the feature. Sometimes, like on these public builds, it's somebody else building that, like some right. the the thing that leads you into it and then the landing. So mm-hmm. I need more knowledge on that. I want to keep building that and eventually put out something that kind of can walk people through it who have no understanding of it. But yeah, I think it'll just kind of keep weaving in and out. Whatever, whatever happens, happens, you know, I'm not going to try to put like a, put me in a box that prevents me from doing something that I want to do. That That's, that's when you start to get burnt out and it's not mm-hmm. fun. Like, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, though. It seems like there are so many possibilities, and it's great that you can kind of pick and choose. Like, what what is it that you're passionate about? So I was surprised to see that your most popular YouTube video so far is about building a set of indoor rollers out of logs. What was the reaction to that video, and, and why do you think, like, so many people were interested in it? Well, yeah, and that's that's just like you were just saying. Like, I can kind of... As long as it pertains to biking, I can kind of build whatever I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, I can tell you exactly why that one took off and why that's my best video. Well, that was because it was posted right whenever everybody got stuck inside from COVID. Oh, yeah. But were people like, oh, I have some logs. I'm going to build one. Or were they just like... <laughs> of course not. Yeah. It's like right. it's like whenever you go watch like the uh, Aborigine-looking guys that are like building a, yeah. a pool in the sand or oh, whatever. Man, those videos are so weird, but like, yeah, yep. you can't stop watching they're, them. They're weird, and it's like, you're never going to build that thing. Like, I don't, I don't even <laughs> Little puppy want... pool. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're always like so vibrantly colored, and they yeah. overdo it. And honestly, I think... I think there's probably machines involved in building a lot of that stuff, but we'll get oh, into that well, strange conspiracy stuff. Theory, yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares about that conspiracy theory, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that one um, got really good feedback. It was fun to make. That was probably it. Took me like a day or two to make that stupid thing. And is like, that that's, all? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was wow. nothing. <laughs> it wow. was that's what even yeah. I'm still kind of baffled by it. like why did that one? That one really took off and yeah. I didn't even just have make to do one of those every it. day and and you'll be a rich man, right? Man, I yeah, I I don't want to. It was kind of boring to make. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> yeah, because you're inside. Unlike a lot of your other ones, yeah, you're in the yeah. workshop. Yeah, I went and cut down a tree, and then the rest of it was in my barn. Like mm. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, but. I appreciate everybody who watched it and liked it. <laughs> yeah. So are you still using the rollers or is that uh is that out in on the wood pile? Uh so in in that video I kinda there was a moment where I went to make like the uh, the kind of rope thing that was keeping the rollers rotating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um there's a moment where I kind of like used it like a lathe, which is mm-hmm. I, I put my my girlfriend at the time spun the the rollers and I kind of yeah. just put a chisel up to it and it made this little concave section in the wood. Yeah. And for me, that was like, oh, I could make a a bike powered lathe. Yeah. Just like so, that's what I did. I I took those rollers and turned them into a bike powered lathe that I never used after I made it. I <laughs> used it for a second, and yeah. Needless to say, uh, the rollers are no longer in operation, and neither is the lathe. But you know, it was fun to make. Yeah, for sure. So, which which builds are you most proud of that you 
that you've done so far? Um, man, it's hard not to be proud of the the ones at Howler, even mm. though they they kind of man in my memory they're just a big blur. Mm-hmm. It was just I mean I I moved to a place that's like three hours away, got a camper, and just lived out of my camper with my dog for mm. I think it was like eight to nine months. I was there. Wow, that's a long building. time. Yeah, it was a long time. It was a, like a big undertaking. Um, but those things are just so big and intricate. And I got to experiment with so many different sorts of wood joinery and just the fact that I know they're out there getting ridden every weekend and I get tagged in Instagram videos of people riding them and them mm-hmm. saying how much like yeah. that's so satisfying to yeah. get tagged in that stuff and just see that people like it. And I've really never had anything like that. It was like a trail that kind of consists of a lot of my own things mm-hmm. that people can kind of, they put me, I'm in their mind whenever they go to ride that trail, if they know who I am. Yeah. They're like, this is, oh, this is his stuff. It, it's not just my <laughs> stuff. Uh, there's reserve concepts did almost all the work on that trail, <laughs> yeah. but I did the yeah. wooden features and it's, they're just big. They're massive. They're, they're fun to ride. It look, it looks like, <laughs> uh, yeah, those are definitely my favorite. Yeah. And who would have thought too? I mean, especially if you're outside the world of mountain biking, that there could be, you know, I mean, essentially you're a celebrity trail builder, right? I mean, like you have a style and, and a lot of people like it and they can look at something like that and be like, Oh, Seth built that. Like, and they can go somewhere else and be like, Oh, this looks like a Seth. Like, is that, <laughs> is that surprising to you? Like, no, I mean, that's not. It is not surprising to me because I already had that in my own head whenever I was like researching trail building before I'd really gotten into it. I kind of was obsessing over these certain, like I said, Digger, the guy from the North Shore, like he was like an idol to me. So I already had these kind of celebrities in my head for trail building that I really liked and like progressive who did a lot of Bentonville stuff. Um, mm-hmm. like those guys, like when I went into Bentonville, it was like, Oh my God, these guys are amazing. Like <laughs> it was like, but I just, I put an entertaining element to it, which I guess kind of more gave me the celebrity of trail building. But mm-hmm. those dudes are still the guys. They're the, they're the ultimate ones. <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. super surprising to me when it kind of took off like that. Cause it's like, I, if I'm experiencing it, somebody else is going to also kind of feel like I do. I'm not like some unique person that, just happens to be into trail building. Like it's, it's a satisfying thing. It looks cool. People appreciate the work whenever they go to ride it. Yeah. It's good perspective. So what's next for your bills and your channel? Do you have any big projects coming up that you're working on? Um, currently I am working on my ability to ride. So I don't run into the conundrum of building something that I can't ride. <laughs> so I'm going to have a couple kind of skills videos coming out here soon. Cause I got like a, my buddy from roots MTB, uh, Jay, he's been kind of coaching me on cornering and doing drops and things cool. like that. Uh, but next I am going to Steelville, which is like an hour away from me to do mm-hmm. kind of another howler type thing, but not, it's more intricate, less huge is what okay. I would describe what I'm going to be building there. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I'm not going to be, you know, 20 feet up in the air building these things, <laughs> but it'll be cool looking. Oh, I'm going to, wow. I've been kind of experimenting with steam bending wood, which is, uh, it's a, it's a strange process. It's a lot of trial <laughs> and error. So I'm, <laughs> hopefully yeah. I'm going to incorporate that there if that works out. But yeah, I'm excited about just kind of just continuing the learning process, you know? Yeah. Is that, that, 
feature that you're planning or working on, is that something that you've kind of conceived from the beginning, like the design and everything? Or is this something that they approached you and said, we want a thing that looks like this and, and can you figure out how to make it? A uh, little bit of both. I I knew that I wanted to do some steam bending and um, I'm working again in conjunction with a trail building company, uh, my buddy Zach. And he was kind of like, well, here's, here's the things that I'm kind of envisioning on the trail. And we kind of just brainstorm it out together. And then I'll take that idea and I run it through SketchUp, which is like a kind of CAD program mm-hmm. and I'll kind of design it out. So it's a lot of me kind of putting it together. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they generally it does come to me. The, the the public builds are like that where it's like, here's kind of what we want. But, you know, you build whatever. However, like it's essentially somebody saying, I want a wooden berm here and then you can make whatever <laughs> or I want to yeah. jump. And it's like, OK, well, I'll make a 20 foot tabletop like you can just do whatever you want, sort of. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great position to be in for sure. It is. <laughs> Well, Seth, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. We love watching your videos and, uh, yeah, we're stoked to see what you do next. Yeah. Thank you. And let me, let me also add your website, single tracks was like the first thing that I ever got on. I was, I think I made a profile and I was like really into getting into like you had, don't you guys have like a forum yeah. on there? Yep. Yeah. I was. When I first started mountain biking, me and my cousin were super into it. <laughs> I don't know awesome. why, but that was like that was our that was our place to go. Like we loved making our profile, putting our picture up, and it's kind of yeah. like the first like social media for mountain biking is what it felt like. Right. Yeah. Right but, on. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, well, yeah. Full circle. <laughs> yep. Thanks for having me on there, and yeah, cool talking to you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you can definitely check out uh, Seth's YouTube channel, Backyard Trail Builds. We'll have a link to that in the description. And seriously, if you haven't seen the videos yet, block out a few hours because you're going to watch all of them. (laughs) Like you can't just watch one of them. Check those out. And he's also got a website, BackyardTrailBuilds.com. That's all I've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week.